Hello, this is Michael Crosa from the Jollyville Radio Podcast, and you know, these days it is so important to be able to laugh, find connection with others, and be reminded of the power of community. That's why some friends and I got together to make Jollyville Radio a short and uplifting fiction podcast, which is set as a radio show in the town of Jollyville. In addition to telling stories and interviewing characters from the town, each week we also learn about people doing community building work in the real world. I so hope that you'll have as much fun listening to our show as we have making it. You can find us on most podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts or just on our website, jollyvilleradio.com. I hope to see you in Jollyville soon. Tammy Grimes. When you read mystery fiction, often as not, the author has given his detective protagonist such humor, cleverness, even foibles, that we believe the man or woman existed. You'd go a long way to meet a Nero Wolf, a Charlie Chan, a Cube Poirot, or a Bertha Cool. Forgive me, all you super sleuths not mentioned. Our story today happened to a neophyte detective who also happened to be one of the best fiction writers of his time. Mystery Theater takes great pleasure to introduce to you Detective Charles Dickens, the new man at Scotland Yard. Constance, you say you're deathly afraid of something that you fear for your life. Is it anyone you know? Yes, it is, Mr. Dickens. The same person who inflicted those bruises on you? No. Constance, why won't you tell me what this is all about? I... I don't know. Everything that's happened these last few days is so horrible. I... I don't know whether to keep silent or... or what to do. Our mystery drama, The New Man at the Yard, was based on the true history of Scotland Yard and was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Paul Hecht. I shall return shortly with that one. Maybe you've waited all spring for just the right weather to paint your house. Well, now that it's here, True Value Hardware Stores have just the right prices on quality True Test paints. Hi, Pat Summerall to say you can get True Test Weatherall flat exterior latex for just eleven ninety eight a gallon. And Woodsman semi-transparent oil stain and wood preservative is now just ten ninety eight a gallon during National True Test Spring Paint Week until June sixth, exclusively at participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers, where you'll find values in every department. Weekdays on CBS Television. Watch your favorite daytime dramas. Follow the continuing story of people locked in a struggle of passion, right and wrong, coming face to face with themselves and their desires on The Young and the Restless. Then, it's drama you'll never forget as intrigue, triumph, and tragedy take center stage on As the World Turns. Don't miss The Young and the Restless and As the World Turns. Weekdays on CBS Television. Check your local listings for the time. I'm Beverly Sills. You know, just living has taught me to appreciate the value of every baby's life and its potential talent. There have been many writers, painters, and musicians who have shown us all what the struggle over handicaps is like. 
I've seen similar triumphs through the March of Dimes. As national chairman for the Mother's March on Birth Defects, I ask you to volunteer for the Mother's March this year. The March of Dimes saves babies. You can help, please. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. If you receive merchandise in the mail that you didn't order, then you can keep it and consider it as a free gift. Under the law, you don't have to pay for it, and it's illegal for the company to bid you. Only clearly marked free samples and merchandise mailed by charitable groups asking for a contribution can be mailed to you in the first place without your prior consent. And even in these cases, you can consider the merchandise as a gift. A tip from your Better Business Bureau. As Shakespeare tells us, though it have no tongue, will speak. And indeed, such was the case ultimately solved by the new man at the yard, Charles Dickens. He became a rookie detective. His assigned partner, Inspector Thomas Witcher. The trail begins in a farmhouse in Somersetshire in June of 1860. It's early morning. Constance Kent and her stepbrother Francis are rising, but hardly shining. How many times have I told you that's not the way to shake down ashes in a stove? You take the handle and give it a violent rattle. You'll never get any ashes out that way. Francis, if you don't like it, you know what you can do. Don't you dare talk to me like that. I'll talk to you any way I like. I've as much right here as you. Francis, Constance, can't you two start one morning off without squabbling? Every morning we have the same bickering and backbiting. One would think you were children, not two adults 20 years old. I'm sorry, Father. I'm sorry, Father. Oh, I wish you and your father had never come into our lives. That is one thing we agree on. He should never have married a farm woman with an uncouth son like you. You are certainly the last person I'd have chosen for a brother. And you're the last creature on earth I'd want for a stepsister. You people from London have no idea about farm life. Why don't you sing another tune? Every morning it's the same. Oh, I wish I didn't have to do the farm duties with such an unpleasant, nasty boy. Boy! Get out of my way, creature! I will move when I choose to move. Stand away from that door, or I'll take a hand to you. Well, you do that, Francis, and you'll get this broom right across your face. We'll soon see about that. This is my farm, my home. I was born here. My mother and father and their parents before them owned this farm. It was a sad day when my father died. But a still sadder one when my mother married your father. Oh, you hellcat! Hit me with that broom, will you? You come one step closer. I'll run these scissors right through you. You say one more bad thing about my father? You just see if I don't. Come along, Sally. Come along, Neil. Into the barn with you. Francis, Constance, where are you? Why weren't the cows brought in from pasture this evening? Constance, look in heaven. What happened to your face? I'm all right, Father. Well, I've been worried about you all day. You didn't come back to the house. You didn't make breakfast. Look at you. What happened? Where's Francis? I don't know. Well, how can you not know? 
Didn't you go out to the barn together this morning? Father, please, help me. Where is he? I don't know. I milked both cows, put the pails in the dairy, let the cows into the pasture. I'm sorry. Constance, you're bleeding, girl. Here, let me help you to the door. Let me look. The Mr. Kellogg Company is threatening to build a new... Your arms are a mass of bruises. Child, what did you do? Did you fall down from the hayloft up there? I'm all right now, Father. I want to know what happened to you. I... I fell. Yes, I, I fell. I must have hit my head. I feel so woozy. Constance, where have you been all day? Please, Father... I don't know what happened. Well, hold on to me, child. Now I can see your, your cheeks are cut. Your left eye is closed. I don't know what I'm going to tell Agatha. You can tell her. I made a mistake I won't ever make again. It was about then that I entered the case. Charles Dickens... You know my trade, written tale of two cities, finished it last year. I was doing my usual research for a new book, Great Expectations, when I had a visitor, friend of mine, Inspector Witcher, that's W-H-I-C-H-E-R, dropped by my flat at Great Dunstan Street and told me he could use me down at the yard. <laughs> Scotland Yard, me, a policeman. I only write about them. No, said Tommy Witcher, I could use you as a detective. Come on down. And I'll explain. It's entirely a question of analysis of motives, Charles. Would the suspect have robbed or killed? Is it in his or her character to do such? Tommy, you're talking about real criminals, robbers and murderers. I only deal in fictional inventions. And what makes them sound so authentic? Your ears, your eyes, your observation... I've persuaded the chief. We need new brains at the yard. Tommy, I'm in the middle of a lot of work. I'm not sure I can spare the time. I am convinced you could bring a fresh mind, a new look at the old problems because of the way you think. Charles, will you give the yard a few weeks, a month? Well... Say, just one case, as a favor to me. As a matter of fact, I do like the idea visiting the scene of the crime and all that. You know, back when I started, when I was a law reporter, I always envied the men the excitement of dealing directly with crime. Is it a yes, then? A qualified yes. What do I do? Well, there's an interesting case that's been puzzling us. And even though it's in Somersetshire, out of our jurisdiction, the chief said to get cracking. Somersetshire? You're pulling my leg. That's where my house is, when I'm out of London. Oh, well, the coroner cannot decide whether the victim committed suicide or was murdered. Murder? Suicide? Up there? I know every soul in the area. It's the quietest, most out-of-the-way spot in England. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. I knew you had a house there. What intrigues me, Charles, the victim might even be someone you know. A young man named Francis Kent. He was found strung up in a barn, his head 
bashed in. Francis, that's that's John Kent's stepson, Agatha's boy. I, I know them. Oh, I believe it is. Yes, Francis' father died last year. Cholera, terrible thing. Then Agatha, his mother, remarried a man from London, uh, John Kent. Yes, he thought he'd like to try country life. I don't know him very well. Has a daughter, Constance. Very pretty girl, strong, spirited. Think she was brought up in Africa. Yes, there's also a farmhand who's always worked that farm and lives nearby. What is his name? That's it. That's your first assignment. Go there, make a preliminary survey, talk to people, and report to me what you find. Right, oh, I'll do it. Try my hand. The farmhand's name is Oliver Wattle. Wattle, that's it, yes. About 50, works all the neighborhood farms. Yes. Devil take it. I'm just beginning to realize the enormity of this thing. Agatha must be broken-hearted. Francis was all she had left. Well, the farmhand Wattle, according to the report from the local constable, has uh, disappeared. Oliver disappeared? Vanished. Oh. That's something for you to look into. Yeah, so, so I'm to examine the terrain... Particularly the barn. The yard never takes anyone else's reports. Talk to everyone... Anyone... Connected with the tragedy. Stay up there as long as you have to. I'll be here at the yard. Yes. I wish it were not a family I knew so well. I should make it easier for you. They'll be candid, perhaps even truthful. We'll be looking for your report. Oh, Tommy... I'm flattered you feel I'm equal to the task. Oh, more than equal. Your eye on crime has great value. Because, as your own Mr. Pickwick once said, you are an observer of human nature. As I said, that was the beginning. Once in Somersetshire, I walked over to Agatha and John Kent's farm... It was the most normal thing in the world for a neighbor to come by, to pay respects, and offer condolences. Mr. Dickens, we're grateful. John, John, my sorrows go with you. I appreciate the gesture, no end, Mr. Dickens. Oh, now, if I call you John, you must call me Charles. Uh, I've known Agatha for years. Uh, how, um, how is she? Badly shaken. Yes. I would have thought Agatha's boy hadn't an enemy in the world. Uh, he was a very... Likeable young man. His mother is inconsolable. Have you given up London, and are you coming back here to live? Well, John, I'll be frank with you. Scotland Yard has some doubts about this case, and, uh, well, they've asked me to look into it. Oh, I didn't know you were also with the police. No, no, only briefly, and only recently. It's, um, by way of uh, an experiment. I have an old friend at the Yard, and he thinks I, I might be useful. Uh, John, um... Tell me, is it, um, is it true Oliver Wattle has disappeared? He hasn't been seen since the day of that horrible accident. You're positive? Certainly. Uh, John, a moment, a moment ago, you called it that horrible accident. Now, I'm not questioning it was horrible, but, um, an accident? Uh, Francis, uh, I was told, mind you, I wasn't here. Uh, Francis was found hanging from one of the crossbeams in the barn. I cannot bring myself to believe he hanged himself, and I don't see how anyone else could have strung him up on a rope against his will. Hanging is not the kind of murder one can accomplish if the victim objects. And that's why I hold, and Agatha does too. It must have been an accident. <laughs> 
Charles Dickens is getting his first taste of investigative procedure, and he doesn't seem to be doing too badly. Murder or suicide in the 1860s was not an easy case to crack. Scotland Yard had to depend more on intuition than science or forensic medicine. Was this death intentional, or was it, as Dickens himself had written in David Copperfield, one of those accidents which will occur in the best regulated families? I shall return shortly with Act Two. Working hard to keep on trying. Wanna break, there's no denying. Dickens, novelist, has embarked upon a new career, temporarily, we assure you. He is attached to Scotland Yard and partnered with the best-known detective of his day, Inspector Tommy Whitcher, assigned to a mysterious case, murder or suicide. Dickens visits the place where the young man died and talks to his stepfather, John Kent. Are you saying you were not in this house when Francis was found, John? No, no. I, I, I'd taken Agatha to her doctor in Ashburn. Uh, she's not been well for a few months, hasn't been able to shake whatever it is, mystifying. Anyway, uh, when we returned, the poor boy's body had already been discovered in the barn and cut down and taken off to the coroner. Well, who did find him? My daughter, Constance. Oh, dear, that must have been a shock. I remember her well. How is she? Bearing up. But it's been a strain. Yes, yes, I can imagine. And not only walking into the barn and there he was, but the police questions and the coroner's questions afterwards. Well, would you tell her I was asking after her? You can tell me yourself, Mr. Dickens. Oh, my dear young lady. What a frightful occasion has brought us together again. Constance, you, you said you didn't feel well enough to get up today, and here you are. I heard Mr. Dickens' voice, and I wouldn't miss an occasion to talk to him for anything. <laughs> um, John, uh, do you mind if I stroll about the farm? Well, go anywhere you like, thanks. Oh, Mr. Dickens, may I walk with you? Are you sure you're up to it, dear? Oh, yes. Uh, fresh air might benefit the child. Oh, it will? Yes, don't worry, John. I, I shall have her back here at the house very shortly. Mm -hmm. 
Vincent. You cannot know how glad I am to see you. I fear for my life on this farm. You are exaggerating, aren't you, my dear? Just a bit. Look at me. You were kind and gentlemanly enough not to ask what these bruises are on my face. Bandages on my arms. Well, it wouldn't occur to me to intrude. I have to tell someone. I haven't told the police. Why? Why on earth not? It would make everything so much more complicated. Constance, you you say you're you're deathly afraid. Is it is it someone you know? Yes. The same person who inflicted those marks on you? No. Do you do you mind if if I step inside the barn and no. have a look around? No, go ahead. But do you? No, 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 no. Of course, I understand. <laughs> Indelicate of me. It it was you who found Francis in there. You avoid the place, I'm sure. I've tried to, but I had to show the Somerset police. You understand where? Uh, I, I I will go into the barn with you if you like. Uh, here, here. Let let me help you with that with that big door. Oh, you, you don't have to. Many's the morning when I've been the first one here. Milked the cows, opened the barn door, led them out, and closed the barn door. I've become very strong for a city girl. You did all the farm work alone? Oh, no. We shared it. Oliver and Francis did the heavy work and the planting. But I fed the pigs, the chickens, milked, cleaned the house. Put on the porridge at night and made tea and bread. Made all the meals. And your stepmother, Agatha? She's been ailing since winter. Yes. Oliver, he showed me everything. He was nice. I'm sorry he's gone. You've no idea where? No, I haven't. You're telling me that you and Francis did not get along. Francis thought everything I did was wrong. Unfortunate living under the same roof. I didn't like Francis. He hated me. Jealousy? In a way. He hated that his mother married my father so soon after his own father's death. And he took his hate out on me. Mr. Dickens, you don't have to pretend any longer that you don't notice these black and blue marks on my face and arms. There are also welts across my back. Oh, he hit me with a rope. No, I can't say I mourned a great deal when he was dead. Um, Constance, is, um, is this where they found Francis? Uh, that rope cut off up there? This is where he was? Yes, now look, I, I don't think I'm quite clear on this. I thought that he'd been done in by some unknown person, but he hanged himself? When I saw him hanging up there, I, I climbed onto the loft and... Cut him down. And and you think it, it was Oliver? I mean, that's why he ran away. No, I don't. Oh, not that he had much use for Francis. He knew him for a long time. Keep away from that bully, he'd tell me. Do you think he disliked him enough to kill him? Mr. Dickens, do you mind if we leave the barn now? I can't even do the milking in the morning anymore. It makes me ill just to be here. So it's your view, Charles. The finger does not point directly at any one person. No, no, Tommy. No, not yet, anyway. I told you about the young man's treatment of the girl, so it is possible that someone, let's say a friend, knew of this and strung him up. But how it was done, no, I wouldn't venture to say. 
I questioned everyone I could find who knew Francis, except Agatha, his mother. Well, we'll have to do that. Yeah, but she was too wrought up to talk, even though I've known her for years. Oh, Tommy, my suspicions this far rest upon Oliver Wattle. I agree. He certainly had a hand in it. So you rule out accidental death? Not possible. Then why doesn't the coroner make a determination? Well, I don't know. I'm going back Monday. I'll have a talk with him. He's been ill. Um, now, are you, um, are you allowing me to continue on this, on this case alone? You're making progress. The department will be satisfied. Uh, why do you ask? Well, from my point of view, I'd feel more valuable if I could be two steps behind an expert. <laughs> you know, rather than falling over my own feet. Well, good enough. My desk can be cleared. We'll tackle this one together. Monday, the Somersetshire Coroner. You are the coroner, Mr. Bradfield, am I correct? Correct, Inspector. Mr. Bradfield, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to my associate at Scotland Yard, Mr. Charles Dickens. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Bradfield? Uh, Inspector, uh, uh, I didn't quite catch your name. Witcher. I'm sure you're surprised the Yard is employing a man of Mr. Dickens' reputation. I understand you used to live around here, Mr. Dickens. Yeah, I still do. I have a house on Cricket Lane. Uh, Coroner, we came out from London to find out your verdict. Murder or suicide? Uh, uh, no question. Suicide. Oh? What evidence do you have? Uh, not as much as I'd like. The constable said there was something about ropes that he'd been cut down to get the body down, but I went by the marks on the neck and evidence by the young lady who found him hanging. What evidence was that? Well, she said she found the body of Francis Kent. Let me consult my notes. Ah, yes. I climbed up to the hayloft and took a knife and cut the rope. And then he fell to the ground... And I tried to revive him, but he was dead, and I couldn't. May I see your report? Thank you. Oh, what is this? Uh, about one ankle broken? Well, it was indeed one ankle. So I concluded that when the body was released for the young lady cutting the rope, it fell straight down, feet first, upon the barn floor with sufficient force to break that one ankle bone. You see, I've also made note of several contusions about the back of the head. Caused by the rope? Well, I can't be sure. The noose end had disappeared. But there are contusions behind the cranial cavity. Again, I concluded the head must have encountered a rafter. Hence the abrasions, etc. Have you performed an autopsy? Well, I thought about it and uh, suggested it in passing to Agatha. Well, oh, she, she wouldn't permit it. You are recommending a verdict of suicide? Oh, no question. Uh, now, Coroner, we're not asking you to change your opinion, which is, after all, based on your medical expertise, but couldn't you perhaps delay convening the jury until Inspector Witcher and I have done a bit more investigating. Well, there may be conflicting aspects. Oh, any I should know about? Oliver Wattle, for one. 
a possible suspect. Yes, and neither of us have talked to Agatha. She may shed some light. The entire Kent family may know more than they have reported so far. Certainly, Oliver Wattle should be found and questioned. Oh, you both, both you gentlemen, suspect it may not be suicide at all, but murder, Coroner Bradfield. How can we close our eyes to the remotest possibility? Inspector, Charles, I've prevailed upon Agatha to join us. I, I hope you'll be careful in what you say. Have no worries. Since Charles here is a friend of long standing, I shall let him do most of the talking. Good. Well, I'll go and fetch her. It occurs to me, Charles, wouldn't it be better if you saw Mrs. Kent alone? Yes, it might, Tommy. An inspector from Scotland Yard does have an ominous ring. And you know her, have known her. She's bound to speak more freely alone with you. Yes, all right, I'll do my best. Now, when John Kent brings her in, I shall leave with him. We'll be outside somewhere. Yeah, gentlemen, I hope you won't detain my wife very long. Agatha, this is Inspector Witcher. How do you do? And of course you know Charles Dickens. Oh, Charles, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Mr. Kent, I suggest you and I retire and leave these good friends alone. Thank you, Inspector. You're right. Charles is the only person in the world I could bear to talk to right now. I had such great expectations for my Francis. And now... Yes, Agatha, I, um, I shall be frank with you. Uh, none of us believe for a moment that Francis took his own life. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, someone must have had a hand in it, and we have every intention of finding that someone. Who he is, we still don't know. We haven't a shred of evidence. But there is one person, Agatha, whose actions and motives... Uh, we cannot account for, and that is Oliver Wattle. Oh, poor Oliver. The poor, poor dear. Now, why do you say that? Because he came to me and asked me to hide him. And did you? Oh, naturally. Now, Agatha, I know you are a warm-hearted person and that Oliver has worked this farm even before I came to live in Somersetshire. No, that was years ago, but hiding a man in a situation like this... I mean, to me, it's, it's extraordinary you do that much for someone who, at best, is only a fine farmhand. Oliver is more than that, dear Charles. He is my own brother. You... Oliver Wattle? So, of course, when he begged me to hide him, I did. A strange development here in Somersetshire, and still stranger characters... One man dead, another disappeared, a widower married to a widow, a frightened daughter, a Scotland Yard inspector, and finally, the greatest writer of the age, turned sleuth, Charles Dickens. The conclusion when I join you shortly with Act Three.
If you've been waiting to buy a new appliance, your White Westinghouse dealer is now offering great values on brand new White Westinghouse 1982 models of refrigerators, freezers, washers, dryers, dishwashers, and ranges. And just when you need it most, White Westinghouse dealers are featuring a great spring price-down event on previous year's models, floor samples, and other price-down values. So buy now and clean up at the White Westinghouse Great Spring Price-Down. Your Detroit area Cadillac dealers are issuing an invitation. An invitation not just for Cadillac owners, but for owners of Chevrolets, Pontiacs, Oldsmobiles, and Buicks as well. It's an invitation to take advantage of Cadillac service on any General Motors car. Cadillac service. It's attention to detail. It's a degree of respect that you as a customer may never have encountered before. Cadillac service is as close as your nearest Detroit area Cadillac dealer, and it's available for all GM cars. You'll find that your Cadillac dealer service department is no more expensive than service at an ordinary service facility. Accept this invitation. Find out what it's like to be treated like a Cadillac owner, even if you drive something else. You'll find our service is like our car. Dickens himself, although a master reader of minds and reporter of the social scene, still was aware one can never know too much about the mainspring that drives people to action, in detective terms, the motive. So he has agreed to become an operative of Scotland Yard. But now, it is not as an investigator, but as a family friend that he talks with Agatha Kent about the untimely death of her son. Agatha, when did you last see your brother, Oliver? The day they found Francis. That very day? Everyone had gone into town with the constable. I couldn't go. I couldn't bring myself to go. You were, in fact, here. Right where I am sitting now. Hmm. In this chair. You didn't go with John to Ashbourne to the doctor that day. Oh, my doctor don't live in Ashbourne. And I haven't seen him since Easter. Uh -huh. Well, what happened? The house was empty. There was a rapping on the window. It was Oliver. You got up and let him in? We stood there and held one another and wept. And then Oliver said there was someone behind it all and he was afraid, deathly afraid. That he might be the next to die? Yes. But why? Because he had seen it happen. And he was sure they had seen him. They? He wasn't very clear if it was one or more. He kept saying, Agatha, save me, save me. So that's all I thought about. Is that so strange? No, 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 not at all. Your poor boy was dead. Nothing more could be done for him. So I told Oliver to leave that very moment for Bristol. The family house still stands. Two hundred years old. No one lives there. It's tiny. It overlooks the ocean. That's where he's been hiding. I hope so. I wonder why John never told me or the inspector about your family house in Bristol. Because I never told him. Oh, I wasn't keeping it a secret exactly. We've only been married a year. 
Somehow, I never got around to it. When I think of all the years I've known you, Agatha, and you never told me either, or about Oliver. Forgive me. He never wanted anyone to know. And so I kept his secret for him. Yes, well, you're making this very difficult for me. You know, I, I'm not your old friend, the writer, now. I'm, I'm an operative of the art. Uh, how, how can I keep this information from them? Because, Charles, you are my friend. And I ask you to. Yes. Well, we must find him and ask him what he knows about Francis's death. Now that I know he's in Bristol, you... You might as well tell us exactly where. If he's done nothing wrong, then what does he have to fear? We'll protect him. You're right. Let me send him a letter and tell him to come back immediately. Yes, well, now, I'm, I'm tiring you, Agatha. I'm sure I'll, I'll go. Now, you send that letter today and, and we'll talk again. I've, um, I've opened my house on Cricket Lane so that Inspector Witcher and I both have a place to stay and until this case is solved. This is a nice little cottage you have here, Charles. Well, now, your opinion. Francis Kent, a suicide. Oh, unlikely, Inspector. I agree. Improbable. Suspects, Oliver Wattle. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. John Kent himself. Yes. Well, I don't see a motive, but I can't rule him out. He lied about going to Ashbourne with Agatha. No such thing occurred. Constance Kent. Well, I'm afraid I can't rule her out either. Easier to rule her in. Yes. Visible evidence of the young man's cruelty to her. She alone found him dead. Cut him down, and either carelessness or intent so disfigured the corpse, we don't know exactly how he died. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I, I would say she was on hand when the noose end of the rope disappeared. Why did it? Unfortunately for her, but there it is. Have to go forward tomorrow morning. Forward? To do what? You and I will be at the Kent's house early in the morning to arrest Miss Constance on suspicion of murder. Francis Kent could have died at her hand, coshed from behind as he stood on the loft, pushed off to the ground, explaining the broken leg. Then all she had to do was sling a rope across the rafters and cut it off making it appear she had cut him down. He never hanged from the neck, and the coroner himself couldn't prove it. Yes, well, it's all possible the way you analyze it, but it's hard to believe. I mean, suppose... Suppose, Tommy, Oliver Wattle were located or came back. I believe he knew something or saw something. Well, I agree. And what I have just told you is what I think he saw. Now, look, Tommy, you inveigled me to assist you because you said you valued my character judgment, and I tell you categorically that Constance Kent had nothing to do with the death of her stepbrother, that she was not implicated, that her connection with the boy's death was pure coincidence. I do value your instincts, Charles, but to rely upon that in the face of hard evidence is a mistake. A woman is just as capable of revenge and murder as anyone else. Constance, is that you? Yes, Father. What are you doing sitting down here in the dark at two o'clock in the morning? I couldn't sleep 
What's being down here looking into the fire? That's not going to help. I like it here. I might as well stir it up then. It'll go out at this rate. Father, don't. Put the poker down, please. What in heaven's name is the matter? Why are you backing away from me? Don't stir the fire. Put the poker down, will you? Please put it down. Two in the morning. Such goings on. Oh, please. All right, all right. I don't understand you. Constance? Yes? Walk over here. Come back to the fire. You... You won't pick up the poker again? Are you afraid of me? Your own father? Well, it's late. I'd like to just sit here alone. I'm all right. You're not answering me. I don't want to talk about it now. You know I would never do anything to hurt you in the slightest way. You must know that. Yes, Father. All right. So long as you know that. When your mother was ill, that final illness when we came back from Africa, I swore to her I would never let anyone hurt you in any way. I kept that promise. You know that. Didn't I? All right. You don't want to talk about it now, but we both know what I'm talking about. Good night, child. Who's there? Who's at the window? Oliver, what are you doing out there? It's four in the morning. Uh, I'm climbing into the house through the window. Everyone asleep? Ah, you still have a nice fire going. Let me get to it and warm myself. Oliver, why are you here? Why that tone of voice, Constance? I'm your friend. I always was. I'm afraid of you, Oliver. No, no, you're not. You're afraid of what I know and what I saw. But I went away, didn't I? So that no one could ask me questions. Is that why you went away? Well, did you learn how to do it? How could a young, pure girl like you do such a thing? It was like trapping a wild animal. Yeah, but then, then I remembered my sister telling me where you and your father came from. Your sister? Uh, yeah, I don't mind if anyone knows now. Agatha. Agatha. Yes, it was Africa, wasn't it, where you lived before you came to London? She told me Africa. That's where they do those things, isn't it? What did you come here for? What are you going to do? Nothing. But I wanted you to know. I saw what happened. I don't blame you. Francis was wicked. But I was right there in the barn that night. I saw him step on the trap. Isn't that what they call it in Africa where they catch tigers by the legs? I saw him swung off his feet, his head bouncing like a cockle shell off the beam. And that was it. There he hung from his foot like a dead animal. And then you came in. But the job was done. 
You had a lantern. You cut him down. And you took the rope from his foot. He's probably still somewhere under the hay. Why did you come back? Are you going to tell the police what you saw? I haven't made up my mind. I was the boy's uncle. Mother, his mother never knew the sort he was, but I did. As a child, he would crush insects, frogs, anything smaller than he was. Well, good night, Constance. I'll leave the way I came. Um, you have nothing to say? I can't say anything, Oliver. Nothing. Not one word. I'm guilty. I'm innocent. I could never tell anyone what I know. Father? Father? Are you awake? Father? Father, wake up! Huh? Cousins, why are you standing by my bed with the lamp? What is it? What's the matter? Oliver? Oliver is back. Oliver? Father, he saw it happen. He saw the whole thing. He knows. He knows what? He saw the way Francis was killed. He was in the barn. He saw me come in and cut him down and hide the noose for the foot. He knows about Africa, that it was a tiger trap. Oh, he's read it or guessed it. Only he thinks it was all my idea, that I set the trap. Where is Oliver now? I suppose he went home. Well, I've got to get dressed. I've got to go over there right now before this morning. When did he leave here? Father, don't. No. Not another death on your soul. You don't understand. That boy didn't deserve to live. I did it for you. I didn't want him dead. When I saw what he did to your face, your eyes, what he did to your back, I, I, I couldn't stop myself. It had to be. He didn't deserve any better than a beast in the jungle. A wicked bully. There was no other way. You understand that now, don't you? Constance, come back here. Do you hear me? Constance! All right. All right, I'm coming. Constance, what are you doing here so early in the morning? Oh, Mr. Dickens, you've got to come quickly. The inspector, too. What is it, child? He's going to kill Oliver. We must stop him. It's my father. He doesn't know what he's doing. He thought he was protecting me. Oh, please come. Inspector Witcher, please come down. Um, the inspector's not here. Don't you understand? My father's gone off his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. Constance, please. I want you to calm yourself right now, this instant. Now, your father is all right. He can't do any harm to anybody. I don't understand. Constance, do you remember about four o'clock this morning when Oliver went into your window? Your stepmother, Agatha, got word to him and made him come back. While he was talking to you, I was outside that open window, listening. And when Oliver left, I followed him. Then you heard him say that I set the trap. Yes, but I didn't believe that. Now, when I got here, I told Inspector Witcher that John Kent was on his way to stop Oliver from talking, and that there was only one reason for that. Where is he? By now, 
Oh, I expect your father is in custody. Well, I must go to him. He didn't mean it, any of it. Yes, Constance, I believe you. I honestly do. But whether his deed is justifiable, we shall have to let the courts decide. You knew all along who had set the trap, didn't you? Whatever I did, it was so nobody would find out. What else could I do? He did it for me. Oh, please, Mr. Dickens, take me to where he is. I want to help him now. All I can. So do I, Constance. Believe me, so do I. According to the records, John Kent pleaded guilty while of unsound mind and was remanded to St. Clair's Hospital for five years of treatment. John's wife, Agatha, and his daughter, Constance, stuck by him. And when he was released, John ended his days farming in Somersetshire. Charles Dickens returned to writing books, one greater than the next. I shall return in a moment. If you've been putting money aside, you're right to be concerned about inflation eroding its buying power. That's why you ought to know about Dreyfus Liquid Assets and how it can help you earn today's high money market yields without tying up your cash for months or years. Start with as little as $2,500. Make added investments as low as $100. With Dreyfus Liquid Assets, your money is yours whenever you need it. Phone for it, have it sent to your bank, or write a redemption check for cash or to pay your larger bills. You keep right on earning that high yield compounded daily until your check clears. No penalties on interest, no sales charges, no charge for the checks. It's so simple, sensible, convenient. But find out for yourself. Call toll-free 800-228-5000 for free information and a prospectus, including management fee, charges, and expenses. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. Discover how Dreyfus Liquid Assets can help you get the lion's share of today's high money market rates. 800-228-5000. Toll-free. 800-228-5000. of the man in his works, Charles Dickens was the very first novelist ever to be buried in Westminster Abbey. He left us a legacy of unforgettable characters created out of his own imagining, yet as lifelike as anyone who ever lived. Certainly his brief experience with the Yard contributed to the birth of such characters as Fagin and the Artful Dodger. And for that, we shall always be grateful to that time when Dickens was the new man at Scotland Yard. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Court Benson, Evie Juster, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I'll feel ashamed if you didn't take this token of your victory. A debt of honor, sir. Okay, if you feel that strongly. Uh, I think it's only fair that if we ever play again... However, I should have a chance to win it back. Unless, of course, certain conditions should arise. Oh? What conditions? Why, the conditions under which you would give it up. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm deadly serious. This is a city of strange happenings and unusual meetings. It may someday happen that you will come across someone who will say to you... The Museo Gambit is a very unsound opening. What? If that should happen, you will hand over the trinket you won today. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by White Westinghouse Appliance Company. This is Tommy Grimes, 
inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre.